Hello, and welcome to the Infinite Creators Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I am your host, Chloe, and I want you to know that my intention behind this podcast is and always will be to expand your heart and your mind and help you discover new ideas, thoughts, and ways of being. I hope that with each episode, you leave this space feeling inspired, filled with love, and ready to take action in creating a life that is worth living. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope that you enjoy this episode. All right, hello everyone, and welcome back to episode 14 of the Infinite Creators podcast. I'm super excited today because I have a guest on the show that is going to talk about a topic I'm super passionate about and super excited to educate my audience on, and that is all things mushrooms. I was actually planning, I think it was maybe one week ago, I was like, all right, I'm going to have, I'm going to start podcasting again. I'm going to start doing interviews. And I really want my focus to be on mushrooms and sharing that knowledge with the world. And then maybe two hours later, I checked my email and I had a an email saying like, hey, I'm a podcasting scheduler for Alex from Mushroom Revival and he wants to come on your show and talk all about mushrooms. And I was like, great. (laughs) Yeah. Once you get connected in the mycelial web, it it starts to all align. You know, I I felt it in the mycelial web and I had to send that message. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was so perfect. I was like, well, that was easy. Um, So yeah, I'm super excited to have Alex on the show today. I'm going to allow him to be the voice of this entire podcast because I know he's super knowledgeable on all things mushrooms. He has his own podcast named Mushroom Revival and a product line of functional mushrooms as well. So welcome, Alex. Thanks so much for being here. Oh yeah, my pleasure. I I wish I was in Bali with you um, (laughs) recording this, but yeah, I'll, I'll... I'll have to sacrifice. I'll, I'm I'm recording from Austin, Texas, and, and yeah. happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna maybe have an episode two someday in Bali. And hell yeah, I'm down. <laughs> Tell me when and where. Yeah. All right, great. As soon as you get in, we'll we'll schedule it. Um, well, really quick before we dive into all things mushrooms, it is standard practice for me to ask my guests what their favorite self development practices as of lately. So I'd love to hear what you've been into. That is, it's a great question and it's been evolving so much over time, right? So I am a huge practitioner of yoga, meditation, Qigong, all these different tools in my tool belt, right? But recently it hasn't been any kind of physical practice. It's more of a philosophy Mm. and that's on just radical self-acceptance and just radical self-love and acceptance in general and non-judgment. And it's interesting because, and maybe COVID really brought it to light, but, you know, during COVID, I I really stopped doing a lot of physical practice. I I stopped working out for periods of time and started eating foods that my old self would be shocked about. Right. And, you know, started playing video games for, for a period. And like my old self would have been like, what are you doing? Right. And like, this isn't quote unquote healthy. And like, but during this phase, I'm totally reconstructing these paradigms of what health is and what healthy means. Right. And really it's just like 
am I loving myself? Am I in love? Right. Uh, am I, do I feel good? And that's all that matters really. And I think, mm. you know, one of my teachers always says it's better to eat a hundred bowls of ice cream with love than, or sorry, one, one bowl of ice cream, um, uh, with, with love than a hundred bowls of kale with hate. Mm. And that really stuck with me, right. Of, if, um, and it, it's the same with yoga. Uh, I'm, I'm a teacher myself and, um, it, it, so many practices, especially in the United States are, are a little, you know, a little whitewash, a little, they miss the point of what it really is. Yeah. And they focused a lot on asana of just the, the movement, the, the body postures, right? But you're, you're missing that crucial element of the soul, right? The, the yoking of the mind, the, the being present. Um, and it's maybe the tools will help get you, quote unquote, there, but it's really the mindset. Um, and so recently it's been less about the physical practices of I make X smoothie, I do X amount of push-ups or whatever yeah, my yeah, routine yeah. is and more of just like whatever I'm doing, whether I wake up at sunrise or I wake up at noon, I'm just going to wake up and say, I love everything around me and me. Um, and so mm -hmm. that, that's, that's kind of my morning routine right now is, is just a different mindset. I love that. I really resonate with that because I've kind of been through the same motions. I used to have such a rigid morning routine where I had to like journal, meditate for an hour, gratitude, this, that, sit in front of my altar, visualize my younger self, like all these yeah. things. Oh yeah. <laughs> and if I didn't do it, I'd start to be really hard on myself. Like, oh, I didn't do my morning routine and, and I'm failing myself because I'm not doing this routine. And recently I've been more just tuning into like, just more of a mindful practice, a mindful approach to waking up and saying like, just checking in, how am I feeling in this moment? What am I going to do today to make myself feel good? And then just knowing like, okay, I've checked in, I've said a prayer. I feel, I feel really grateful for this day. And that, that feels like enough sometimes, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's all about just feeling enough. Um, yeah. and I used to joke with a lot of people, they would always ask like, okay, what is meditation? Right. And for, for some of those people, like that was not their lifestyle or anything. And I know we're not talking about anything mushrooms right now, but yeah, it's all related. It's and all and I would be like, well, you know, <laughs> drinking a beer at the end of the day, like if, if that's your meditation, then beautiful. Like if that's yeah. the moment of reflection and embodiment and just coming back to here and now, then beautiful. And um, I'll loop in mushrooms now. If it's going out in the woods and looking for mushrooms, like that's your spiritual practice. Um, yeah. And for me, like, why am I so into mushrooms? I feel like, they are a portal for this self-awareness mm -hmm. through, you know, magic mushrooms are, are a huge point. And a lot of people get to their spiritual practice and their, their modes of like, what is health and what even, what is the meaning of life through eating psilocybin mushrooms and whether it's microdosing or macro and having this crazy experience where they, they self-reflect on their life and what does it mean to be a human and live mm -hmm. in this world um, it could be functional mushrooms of just, I'm going to stop eating McDonald's and start, <laughs> you know, uh, taking better care of my health, or it's just going out in the woods and connecting to nature and being like, wow, these are their own kingdom or queendom. And 
the biodiversity of nature is astounding. And mm. wow, you know, the, I'm not separate from nature and this world is beautiful. So mushrooms are, are great teachers and that, that's why I love them so much. They're, you know, wonderful teachers of, of the greatest lessons in, in this life. The golden teachers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Amazing. Well, that was a great transition from your practice to mushrooms. And I'd love for you to just introduce to my audience kind of like who you are and kind of where this all started for you. Like what is your mission behind the podcast and the product line that you have of functional mushrooms and kind of where it all started for you? Yeah, it it started with my my um, parrot munch, mushrooms um, sporulating, and I I was a spore in the wind, and then I grew up <laughs> myself as a mushroom, and then um, I put on a human suit and uh, gave myself a name, Alex Dor, to set out in the world. And <laughs> no, I I um, you know, I and I feel like that sometimes. I feel like I'm just a human puppet operating for the mushrooms and you know um they really got into me and i i don't feel like i chose the mushroom path mm. i feel like it was just all happened and and every time i tried to go away from the path i just got right back on to mushrooms and really it started by my own health journey um all throughout my childhood i was hit with some sort of illness you know whether it was severe depression or anxiety or later on I, I grew up in the northeast and there was ticks everywhere and I was always in the woods you know and I got bit by ticks constantly and didn't really know what Lyme disease was mm -hmm. until it was too late it was really too late right and uh, my life just took a total 180 and I was you know bedridden and painful joints and all that stuff and was really at this this crucial point in my life. I remember I uh, was actually at a meditation retreat um, and was in severe pain. I was just like in a really bad episode. And we had to climb like two sets of stairs to go to this practice every day. And I was I had it in my hip at the time. And I had to like limp up these stairs every day. And I was going so slow. Like one stair would probably take me like 10 seconds. And I would, and it, and everyone was like behind me waiting. And they, they were like trying to be polite so they wouldn't go around me. And it was obviously like a meditation retreat. So they're like, okay, this is my practice. I'm not going to like, <laughs> what would I look like if I'm going to speed around this guy at a meditation retreat? So, and then, so I just felt so bad. I was like, oh my God, I'm just you know, holding up this line because I'm limping, but I'm like, I'm in my younger 20s. What am I doing limping in pain right now? I sh like I work out, I should be healthy, I should be, you know. So that just launched me into this journey of taking better care of myself and finding, it was, it was an in initiation process is what I look, look at it as. And how can I find these modalities to better my health? And mushrooms, you know, through my research, I found that mushrooms were supportive to overall health and wellness. And that, that's where my love began. But through that, it was like, okay, mushrooms can clean up oil spills. They can create new styrofoams. They can create faux meat. They can survive in Chernobyl. They can, 
you know, survive in space. They can do all this crazy stuff and no one's talking about it. Or at least my circle, or at least, you know, North America, I wasn't hearing a lot of people talking about it. It You couldn't major in it and you couldn't get your degree. You know, as far as I knew, um, there wasn't that many classes. It just, you know, the books were far and few between. I would talk to my professors about it and they're like, oh, mushrooms. Yeah, that thing. It wasn't really taken seriously, right? Yeah. So they're like, okay. And it was always a rebel growing up. I was always like, what... I was always like, I was into punk rock and skateboarding and like anything like counterculture, you know? And, um, so this was the shining light of like, this is so cool. Um, and like counterculture and everyone thinks it's weird and gross and that's what makes it cooler, you know? And, um, no one's talking about it so I can be in the frontier of the space and they are really cool. And they're, they're answering a lot of our deepest worlds, you know, um, problems and from there, I just launch head first. And long story short, you know, there's a various stories that I've told on other podcasts of, you know, my trip to Ecuador and, you know, but I eventually started my business, which is Mushroom Revival. And we focus on functional mushrooms and also plant trees around the world. Um, to this day, we've planted almost 45,000 trees all around the world. And you know, creating better ecosystems, creating jobs for people, um, and creating healthier, you know, people, right? Uh, and and that was that's kind of my ikigai of finding something that I'm good at, that I love, that the world needs, and also pays my bills. That's a you know, living in this capitalist society. That's an important part of. Um, there's tons of things that I love doing that don't pay my bills, and I would be a hobo, um, which. <laughs> It's fine, but I, you know, I'd rather have a house that, um, just my, my choice, but, <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, yeah. And, and so that, that was just the, the perfect, um, part for me. And I, I love talking about mushrooms. So this is like part of my job is to go on these podcasts, which is the coolest thing ever and make products that people can geek out about and also enter that portal as we were just talking about in the beginning of, of being self-aware and, and creating these practices that better their life beyond just the supplement, right? I mean, health is way beyond a pill that you swallow in the morning or a tincture or something. It's, it's a lifestyle. It's a mindset. And mushrooms in and of itself, whether you take a tincture, you can just be out in the woods looking at them and they're a portal for supporting your health and, and well-being. And that's really cool. Um, and yeah, I, I, I will currently the CEO. And, um, that was about three years ago. We have a, a podcast that you're talking about mushroom revival podcast, number one mushroom podcast in the world. Super, super fun. Mm -hmm. Um, we, we launched the biggest and only certified organic cordyceps militaris mushroom farm in the, in of the Americas. We've done a lot of cool stuff and it's been a really fun ride and it continues to be um, super fun. I mean, it's a startup, so it's a rocky boat. It's a, it's a high speed train with lots of t dips and, and turns, but you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't choose anything else. Um, I'm constantly blown away by mushrooms and, you know, to put it in perspective for people, like why mushrooms, right? First, like what is a mushroom? I think, I think that's a great to start. They, you know, mushrooms are just the fruiting body for a fungus, 
and fungi are their own kingdom, their own queendom. They're totally different from plants. They're different from bacteria, animalia. They're their own kingdom or queendom, right? So a lot of people think they're vegetables or whatever. They're not. They're the, they're their <laughs> own thing. And you know, um, fungi encompasses all these things like yeasts and molds and and some mushrooms, like we we know. Um, and I'll, we interact with fungi on a daily basis, and we don't even know, right? If you eat bread or drink beer, you're consuming fungi in the form of yeast. And every breath you, you take, you're consuming hundreds if not thousands of mushroom spores every every step that you take in the forest you're walking over miles of mycelia or these roots of these mushrooms and mushrooms all they are is like an apple right to an apple tree they're just the reproductive structure to carry the spores of the seeds right and sometimes they taste good like <laughs> an apple or any fruit right and some some fruits are poisonous and some are not some are delicious um and so that's really what a mushroom is is just the carrier of these this DNA, and uh, there's a there's a wealth of different fungi that don't produce mushrooms. There's estimated five million species of fungi out there, uh, way more than plants, and only about 120,000 of those have actually been described in science. So we barely even touch the surface of what, yeah. yeah. Oh my God, we don't even know anything about fungi or mushrooms, which is the coolest thing of every day we're discovering a new species, we're discovering a new skill set that they have, a new ecological role that they have in our environments and what they can do, why they're so cool. Um, And out of those 120,000, only 14,000 of those actually produce mushrooms. Yeah. So it's so small, right? Um, and so all these different fungi are microscopic. They're underneath the soil. They're hiding, right? They're they're not in the spotlight, which it's cool, you know, having your show and bring me on and and bringing that spotlight on them because they deserve it. They're they're one of the coolest organisms on our planet. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all that. That was really cool to hear. And I think it's important what you said how when you're first getting into mushrooms and and you start to learn how amazing they are and you're like I don't understand why no one's talking about this <laughs> like shouldn't this just be like the main point of conversation in every single thing that we do and I think a lot of people as well they don't actually know when they hear the word mushrooms they either think of a the mushrooms that you put on your pizza and in your pasta and you eat or B, the mushrooms that hippies are like tripping on in the 70s. Oh, yeah. That's just the automatic thing. And they're like, there's nothing beyond that, you know? But then once I, and I'm sure it was the same for you, like you start to hear about functional mushrooms, functional mushrooms meaning mushrooms that you can ingest and they can help support your immune system, et cetera. And all these incredible properties that they have, you're like, wait, there's so much amazing stuff coming from mushrooms and they're just like a one size fits all like there's a mushroom for everything it seems like and yeah that's why I want to have more people like you on my podcast and just really spread the incredible knowledge and information that there is around mushrooms because for me I think that mushrooms are just like the way of the future I think that mushrooms are going to save the planet and um yeah I think even just watching Paul Salmon's TED talk, like 10 ways mushrooms are going to change or save the world. That was so eye-opening for me and I'm sure many other people. So yeah, it's great to have people like you being such a pioneer 
in the mushroom world and really spreading this knowledge. And um, yeah, I'm just so excited for everything that you're about to share. So, I, and it, they are so resilient. I mean, they're they're right there with tardigrades. If anyone knows what they those are, the micro water bears that are one of the most extreme organisms on the planet that just survived all the mass extinctions. Fungi are right there with them, you know, and they research not that long ago, they found 69 different types of fungi underneath the Pacific ocean. Right. And not only that, like, okay, they can survive underneath the ocean. That's already crazy. But two, they, they did some analysis of um, the fungi that they pulled up 20 million years old in hibernation. So the spores, so the seeds, so to speak, and not only they were viable after 20 million years, just underneath the ocean. Um, that's like finding an apple tree seed underneath the ocean for 20 million years and you plant it and it grows an apple tree with apples, right? Yeah, um, it nuts. <laughs> and not only that, but like fungi are found in Antarctica underneath the snow, um, like in the snow, just viable mushrooms, uh, or viable fungi. And they're found thriving, not only just surviving, but thriving in Chernobyl, actually growing faster because of the radiation. They're just eating up the radiation from Chernobyl, one of the most toxic places on the planet, right? And because of that, you know, they've been found on the the noses of rocket ships re-entering the atmosphere. Um, They've been you know, species of fungi have been thrown out of international space stations and brought back on board six months later, continue to grow like nothing happened. They're just so unfazed by the vac- vacuum of space and extreme yeah. radiation. I mean, they're unbelievable. And they, they grow at crazy altitudes, like over 15,000 feet. They grow on bugs. I mean, the cordyceps that I was just talking about, they actually hijacked insects' um, muscular system and Basically, it's like a, they turn the the insect into a zombie and influence its behavior with all these drug like chemicals and make them like hike up to the top of a tree and pop out of its head. I mean, this is yeah. right out of a sci fi film, and that's just a few examples, right? That's just like a few ace cards up my sleeve. Yeah. They are constantly they're eating plastic. There's dozens of species that just munch on plastic all day and they eat it. Like that is their, their choice. You know, they, they are in an environment and they choose to eat plastic. We're not forcing them in a lab. They're naturally doing that. Um, They're unbelievable. I've told people about the mushrooms that eat plastic and they literally don't believe me. And I'm like, if you would just take a moment to recognize mushrooms for what they are. There are mushrooms yeah. that eat plastic. There are mushrooms that eat tar and oil. There's just mushrooms. Yeah, they're amazing. So, it's just- so my uh, my final thesis for school actually was on microremediation. So how fungi can filter and degrade toxic waste. And I actually wrote a book on it. Um, it's about 220 pages. It's free on Amazon if anyone wants to read it. Although it's super niche. <laughs> So like, there's probably like one person out there who's read it. No, there's been a lot more people, but um, it's it's very niche. But you know, I I did work on uh, uh, mushrooms consuming cigarette butts, and during a time where I was actually smoking myself, and I got over my cigarette addiction by taking psilocybin, and I used to smoke like two packs a day, like a lot, a lot, yeah. and and was able to get over that addiction through working with psilocybin. 
and at the same time realized that mushrooms can eat cigarette butts and all the crazy stuff. So I was like, okay, let's do a project. Wow. And was able to to find that they completely degraded the specific chemicals, polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons or PHs for short. They're super carcinogenic um, and really toxic for the body. And they were able to completely degrade these toxic compounds within 14 days. Uh, wow, and that's incredible. I didn't hear, I've never, I haven't heard about this. And that's a form of plastic. It's, um, it's uh, cellulose acetate, which is kind of like a plasticized version of cellulose, which is like, you know, plant matter. So um, that's a form of plastic that they'll, they'll munch up, you know, and <laughs> they don't care. And they even, they, whether it was unsmoked or smoked, like already smoked cigarette, but they eat it like nothing happened, right? And they fruited off it. They grew mushrooms off of it. They didn't care. They'll eat anything. And they're, they're resilient they're, and they're not. Yep. <laughs> yep. And there's a lot that we can learn. You know, there's a lot of attributes that we can gain from fungi. And if we have any standing chance to survive as a human species, we need to learn from the tardigrades and the fungi for sure. Yeah, 100%. Even just watching documentaries, I'm I'm hoping that everyone in the world will watch this within the next year, but like Fantastic Fungi, like that documentary just opens the curtains to, for people to see how incredible they are, even talking about the mycelium networks and how they help trees communicate and how they this giant network of mycelium all making nature work, like nature wouldn't work without mycelium, like this whole our entire ecosystem wouldn't work without them. And even just understanding that, you see what an integral role they play in nature and in our in our species as a whole. And yeah, I'm curious, what do you think about, like, why do you think mushrooms are paving such a powerful path right now in terms of their popularity? Like it's really becoming such a popular point of conversation. Well, it totally depends where you are in the world. So here in North America, they're, they're, it's a shroom boom. We're part of a shroom boom right now. And, but if you're part, you know, some places in Europe or definitely, you know, a lot of countries in Asia, um, especially China or Japan, this is not new. This is, you yeah. know, it, if they heard like, oh, why are they, why are they booming right now? They'd be like, what do you mean? Um, for it's the past like 5,000 years, they've been booming. What are you talking about? <laughs> And it, it's really, we're just new to so many things. And uh, here in North America, a lot of it's just a cultural melting pot. I can't speak for Bali, but I can speak for you know the United States. Um, a lot of people here, you know, we have a lot to, of work to do just in general, but, yeah. but mushrooms are not a big part of our culture. Um, you know, for a lot of indigenous tribes that used to be on this land, the mushrooms were a centerpiece for, for that culture. Unfortunately, it was wiped out, you know, um, and a lot of that culture was, was totally eradicated. Uh, so unfortunately, a lot of that had to start from scratch. And there, there's mycophobic and mycophilic cultures all around the world. And I think, you know, some cultures have a history like with the witch burnings you know in, in massachusetts it's like anything to do with herbs or mushrooms was demonic was was thought of as you know a, a rise against the patriarchy or religion or you know and so anything to do with functional herbs or mushrooms was like okay that's witchcraft that's a potion that's yeah. you know no 
you can't do that. Um, not, that's not a, you know, that's, I don't want to make it out a blanket statement, but it, it had a big impact on, on how people viewed it. And then, you know, we, we had the war on drugs, which did a huge number for mushrooms. I mean, yeah. it's funny because like you said, people, when they hear mushrooms, they think of, you know, the mushrooms they see in salad bars or, you know, it's slimy ones you put on your pizza or whatever, or magic mushrooms. And ma- magic mushrooms got such a bad rep during, you know, 1969 through 1971 and beyond of being this like really demonic thing that only criminals use and and dirty hippies and, you know, it'll make you jump off skyscrapers and lose your mind. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so and unfortunately just got a bad rat for so long. And then all mushrooms were grouped in there. Right. Yeah. And then you have, you know, and then like, there's only a dozen mushrooms that, you know, out of those 120,000, there's only a dozen that will actually kill you, or actually severely put you in the hospital. Right. Yeah. right. Um, but those dozen give the, all the rest of the mushroom, like everyone is like, yeah. When they hear people say, oh, I'm getting mushroom hunting, they're like, oh, be careful. Don't pick the wrong one. Yeah. They don't say that with plants, really. Like if we're wild harvesting plants or, you know, I guess people say don't pick the wrong berry or something. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it's way more with mushrooms, although there's actually more poisonous plants than there are poisonous mushrooms. We just have a bad rep here in North America. Um, but China, 5,000 years of history. And I think it's really booming here. Uh, because a, a, a few different things. We have the internet booming, so we have yeah. this access to a lot of information now. And, uh, and uh, you know, you're in Bali, I'm here in Austin, Texas, and we're chatting about mushrooms. I, that yeah. is was not possible before, right? Yeah. And we're Zooming, I can see your face. That was not possible. Yeah. Um, even not too long ago. This is, Zoom is very new, right? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And so I think with the rise of technology, I think you know, there's a lot of factors that go into play with like biohacking is kind of a new thing. Um, people, you know, wanting to get healthier. And so they're turning to alternative ingredients. Um, I, I, I think, you know, um, trade is becoming a lot more accessible. So a lot of ingredients from other places are becoming commonplace, right? And yeah. it's a lot easier to trade them internationally. Um, and just, way easier to share books because we have like Amazon and you don't have to go to a bookstore Yeah, um, and like blogs and podcasts. It's, it's a new thing to share masses amounts of information. And with that, you know, it's a lot easier to go viral and, you know, that Ted talk that you watched, I yeah. mean, that was not possible to go viral back in the day. Yeah, exactly. Um, or these great books or that the movie, like, movie making was so hard back in the day, right? It took yeah. so much money. You had to chop up all these single slides and weave them together. I mean, uh, it, it was so expensive and time consuming to make a movie. Now you have your iPhone. You can make a literally a cinematic movie with your iPhone. Uh, yeah. It's <laughs> nuts. Way better quality than the movies back then. So it's just, I think all those combination um, of things combined with all this this research that we're doing of like, oh, they can clean up oil spills, they can eat plastic, they can do all the stuff with with our access to sharing information just turns into 
that's the recipe for going viral and mushrooms yeah. are going viral here in, in yeah. North America right now, which is awesome. Um, and so it's cool to surf on that. It's cool to get more people hyped. I hope this episode turns more people on. Yeah, 100%. Um, it's a fun time for sure. Yeah. I feel like it's my duty almost, especially as of recently, I just feel so called to share more about mushrooms, like all things, mushrooms, mushrooms, have changed my life, specifically psilocybin. And I think it's it's like criminal for me not to share my experiences and for me not to like bring mushrooms into people's lives. And we can thank technology in the age that we're living in for even provide giving us the the tool to to share mushrooms with people because obviously the news and general public is not sharing this information. So I feel like we're responsible for sharing it. And um, even just things like how doctors right now are using and practicing mushrooms in psilocybin therapy and helping people overcome PTSD and depression and all these amazing things. No one's talking about it. And people are literally overcoming like radical things through mushrooms. I don't know. I, I, there was an article this morning via the New York Times about psilocybin therapy. So that was front page. So I don't know about, I think if anything is, is really going viral is psilocybin. And for various reasons, I think a lot of people cashed out in cannabis Mm. and crypto and they are like, this is the next gold rush for making money. And um, it also probably helped them, you know, microdosing in Silicon Valley to create their new app or something. And they're like, okay, (laughs) let's cash in on this. Um, So there's like good and bad reasons. I think it's all going to be good in the long run, but I'm sure a lot of people are not in it for the right reasons. But, um, you know, I I think the more people that have mushrooms in their system, the better. So. Yeah. So just wanting to help people or just eradicate the idea that mushrooms are solely for like tripping at like a concert or Coachella or Burning Man and helping them move into the supportive qualities of mushrooms and all that they can do for you, I think can be really eye-opening for people and just kind of getting rid of that old stigma of what mushrooms are and what they can do and moving into like a new paradigm where we understand that they're really supportive in so many ways, not just for our health, but just for the overall consciousness of our society. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They're, they're incredible. And it's, you know, there's so many things that mushrooms have the key for, right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love what you're saying. There's, there's a phrase that I like, that I love to throw around. It's, it's going beyond the button. And so the button mushroom is that mushroom that you see in grocery stores and believe it or not, I'm I'm probably going to blow, you know, a couple of your listeners minds right now. So the button mushroom, the, uh, the portobello, the, um, oh shit. I'm like totally drawing a blank on the names. Um, the baby Bella, and then the the one more, um, I don't eat them. That's why I'm like drawing a blank on their names. I try to, <laughs> I try, I literally try to 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 block them out of my memory. Um, sorry, I'm now I'm just stumbling on my words. The okay, portobello, the common, the sorry, yeah, the the common mushrooms that you see on, on uh, at, at your grocery store are the button mushrooms, the cremini, the portobello, and the the baby bella. So all of these mushrooms are the same exact mushroom, just picked at different stages. So the same exact Latin name, they are the same exact mushroom. 
um, they're just grown at different stages. And, and one of them, you know, is, is white and the other are brown only because it's grown in darkness. The other ones have light to grow. Um, so it's actually albino. It doesn't have the pigment. And that's all the mushrooms that people know, really. And uh, they're all the same. And they're all one species. I don't even like eating them. I feel like you can mess them up so easily. Um, they're, you know, people just don't know how to cook them and they get all slimy. They don't cook them long enough. They don't cook them in the right way. And so that's like, unfortunately, people, that's why they say I don't like mushrooms is because they only had those mushrooms and the person cooking them didn't know how to cook them, mm-hmm. right? And it's so foreign to people how to cook mushrooms. So of course you're going to hate mushrooms, right? Because that's all you know, but try morel or chanterelle or a truffle. Holy shit, truffle, like real truffle. Woo! Oh my God. So good. You know, or lion's there's so, or oyster. oh, lion's mane, shiitake, uh, oyster. Uh, there's so many other d- porcini. Oh my God. So many other delicious mushrooms that people are missing out on. They're expensive, but there are mushroom farms popping up left and right. And, you know, you can all over the world too. So no matter where you're tuning in from, um, you could probably find a local mushroom farm near you just popping up, especially oysters. Those are really easy mushroom to grow. And, you know, it's really easy to make a small mushroom, oyster mushroom business. So uh, really tasty. (laughs) Yeah. I heard on a Joe Rogan and Paul Stammons podcast about portobello mushrooms like you're not actually supposed to eat them or they're what is the what is the thing around them uh well yeah there i mean there's a lot of um unfortunately a lot of untrue things that pop around the mushroom like any industry really um and a lot of a lot of things said that kind of tilt my head a, a lot of times um that one it's like well i mean this is the same thing with any vegetables or anything like that just make sure it's not sprayed um, or what it's grown and make sure it's organic and yeah. you know, what it's grown on is fine. This is the same as any vegetable or anything you eat really. Um, um, the thing with these mushrooms, I see them in salad bars a lot. And this is something really important is you should always cook your mushrooms. So if you're eating them raw, I mean, they're made out of chitin, which is the same material as like shrimp or lobster shell. Um, and so imagine trying to eat lobster shell raw. I mean, or even cook. I mean, it's not yeah. great. Um, <laughs> mushrooms, a lot thinner uh, lining of chitin than, than lobster shell, but, but still it's not good for your body to digest raw. And so you need to really cook it. And if that mushroom is like shiitake or, you know, even oyster or things like that. Maitake, um, lion's mane, a lot of these mushrooms have functional ingredients and functional compounds. So like shiitake uh, are, are filled with these 1316 beta glucans called lentinin, right? Um, or maitake, the most famous 1316 beta glucan is MD fraction for supporting your immune health. Right. And so these molecules need heat to break the chitin wall and water, they're water soluble. Um, and so you're not getting as many of those benefits if you're just eating it raw. Right. Mm. Uh, and, and so that's really important for, for as we're talking, as we move into supplements of like why, 
why a supplement over just eating the mushroom. Yeah. Well, you're using other types of extraction as well, like alcohol, for example. So there's fat or alcohol soluble compounds and water soluble compounds. And, you know, you want to extract them both to get a full spectrum extract. And um, it's really important as well because we're starting to get this shroom boom, as you were talking about, in the United States. And there's so many companies out there racing to pump products out into the market that are just crap. Honestly, they're not that great at all. Um, and same thing with cannabis, same thing. I mean, any supplement really, or any products really, I mean, it, not even supplement, anything's sellable, <laughs> right? Yeah. There's crap and there's not. And, and, um, sometimes the crap looks really good. Like, you know, some furniture, it looks really good and so you start to move it and then you're like, oh, this is really shaky or you yeah. knock on it and you're like, oh, that's not wood, but it looks like wood. Yeah. Same thing with mushroom supplements. Looks like mushrooms, not mushrooms. Yeah. Um, actually, most mushroom supplements out there don't have zero mushrooms in them. There are yeah. no mushrooms in there whatsoever. Um, and so that's something really important for new consumers coming in is make sure if you're buying mushrooms that it's actually mushrooms. I mean, that's, uh, it, it should be common sense, but it's not. And, yeah. and it's really scary. Um, cause there's a lot of just like pseudoscience and wacky stuff out there. Um, that blows me away. It just really blows my mind that it's out there and these companies that like, can like sleep at night, but, um, yeah, I mean, make sure it's actual mushroom. There's, dozens and dozens of studies that show the actual mushroom has up to 400 times more um, concentration of the, the main functional compounds in it, up to 400 times more. Like it's, it's, it's not a small yeah. difference. It's, it's a huge night and day difference of these compounds. And so if you're dropping like 30 bucks on a bottle, I mean, that yeah, for her, it, it goes a long something. way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Make sure it's actually doing something. Not that the others won't. They're just not as much, right? Um, and if you're dropping that that much money, make sure it's the most that it can possibly be. So make sure it's actually mushrooms. This is what people have been traditionally using for over five thousand years: is the actual mushrooms, the fruiting bodies, right? Um, and all the scientific literature that's what it points to. There's no scientific literature that shows the opposite. Um, so, you know, you can trust yourself with scientific literature and also tradition uh, at the same time. Um, so, yeah, if you're dropping any money to support your health, make sure it actually works. And then also the extraction, make sure it's, you know, dual extracted. Sometimes companies will say triple. I mean, it's, I think marketing is kind of the same as double, but at least yeah. double extraction, right? Yeah, at yeah, least yeah. double. Some people, some companies will say just like water extracted. Don't buy it. Just make sure it's <laughs> double at least, right? Um, and then, you know, all the good certifications like USDA certified organic and, you know, if you can get non-GMO, but USDA certified organic means non-GMO, um, you know, and lab tested as well. Like we're... I'm, I think, and it could be wrong, I think we're the only functional mushroom company to have our lab results fully disclosed. Um, so we actually have a QR code on our, on our box, which our customers can scan and see our lab results. 
you know, right. what the hell is in our products? What the hell is in there? Yeah. Right. It's so important. And there it's scary because I would ask any company, any supplement or like anything, um, Hey, can you show me your lab results? And it is terrifying how many of them will refuse. Yeah. Wow. Like, isn't that scary? I I'm yeah. scared. I'm like, Whoa, like why, why are you not trying to Being disclose about this? Yeah. How many heavy metals or how, what, how, how much E. coli or, you know, like, or these, like how many, what are the functional compounds in them and how much? Yeah. So many, so many companies will, will refuse and make up this, you know, silly remark of why they wouldn't. Um, yeah. We're like, hell yeah. We're going to be transparent as hell. Like, yeah, we want you to know. Uh, and yeah. it's so important. I mean, it's, it, it, we're mavericks about our quality and integrity. We're always trying to make our, th- our products better. Um, even when we, we test them or we're like, okay, this is f- like 400 times more potent. We're going back to R and D table and we're like, okay, how can we make it better? We don't yeah. have to, uh, and we're going to spend more money on it. We're going to make less money at the end of the day, but it means that we can support people's health better. And, and that for me, makes you feel great. Um, we can plant more trees, make people say, I felt it. I feel awesome. Um, and come back for more. And that's like all I want, really all I, I just want more mushrooms in people's bloodstreams, making a difference <laughs> and more trees in Pachamama making the world a better place. Like, yeah, yeah. that's all I want. Yeah, that's an incredible share and a really important point to make when people are getting into taking more functional mushrooms and looking for different companies to buy from. And maybe because they're on a budget or because they're not really sure where to go with the mushrooms, they'll choose like a more cheap brand and price, but not look into the integrity of that company and what their intentions are. And likely they're probably cutting corners, which is why their supplements cost so little. And yeah, or not even. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a, a lot of these brands are the same, if not more expensive. Um, and so some of them are cheaper, but some of them are, are expensive Probably and same, it's, yeah. yeah, same price. And so I, I wouldn't even look at the price. I would, I would look at this, those things I just mentioned, which is also scarier. Like they should be cheaper. Right. Um, yeah, but they're not, <laughs> they're yeah, like I, fashion. <laughs> yeah. And it's not even that, like a lot of times, they'll lie and say that they have mushrooms in there when they actually don't. Yeah. Um, and they'll label their product like, you know, X amount of milligrams of mushrooms. And there's zero, zero mushrooms in there. And um, so just look out for like keywords, like on the, on the ingredient panel, like, uh, like other ingredients, myceliated grain or myceliated rice or oats or, um, you know, my, mycelium on grain, things like that. Um, most of the product is grain, uh, which is like what it's growing on. So it's up to 90% this filler, right? And they don't filter it out. I visited many of these farms. I visited many of these facilities. I've, I've worked in them. Um, they, yeah, they don't filter. They can, they totally can filter it. And for it to be a hundred percent, this mycelium, this root, the roots of the mushrooms really. Um, but they don't. And, and so a lot of it is this filler material, uh, which is unfortunate. And, and so with this shroom boom, what, what really worries me is a lot of people trying these products and not really feeling it. And then they're like, Oh, this is snake oil, or this is 
it doesn't work. And I'm like, oh, well, you haven't tried it. That's like people trying button mushrooms and they're all slimy and because they weren't cooked well. And it's not even like that great of a mushroom and taste right, and flavor. Like it's like, all right, but yeah. there's so many better mushrooms. And it's like, oh, don't write out, don't write off the whole, don't write off all the mushrooms because one. Like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, I know. Like, off. come on, man. Like there's so many other better options. Um, so please don't write off mushrooms and just, you got to try the right one. And I, I guarantee you, you're going to fall in love with it. And everyone who gets into mushrooms and really gets, you know, their foot in, foot in the door, watch that Ted talk who watch fantastic fungi who read like Merlin Childress book entangled life or, you know, all these great portals to enter the space and get inspired about mushrooms or even listen yeah. to a great podcast. Um, they don't just say like, Oh, mushrooms are all right. They're like, Whoa, mushrooms are wild. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I, I hope everyone gets that response and and um, incorporates more mushrooms into your life, whether it's a supplement or just eating more mushrooms. Uh, you know, mushrooms in general are super supportive for the immune system, but they're also great adaptogens. And this is a, a buzzword that a lot of people are talking about recently for a good reason. Ad- adaptogens are herbs or mushrooms that support your body's natural ability to deal with occasional stress Mm -hmm. and fatigue. And, you know, this is so important because everyone deals with occasional stress, right? Whether it's being stuck in traffic or, you know, uh, crunching late night for that paper or, you know, um, working your, whatever it is, I mean, you're dealing with occasional stress. And if you could have supportive allies just in your life, the more the merrier, right? Um, and so like cordyceps, for example, that's kind of a star player for supporting energy. And there's these orange little Cheeto looking mushrooms that um, we used to grow on rice and uh, this vegan substrate. So they don't grow on bugs, these ones um, in the lab. And you can, you can harvest them, extract them, and when you, t- they're really famous. A lot of athletes will take them for supporting their energy, athletic performance, uh, and they're a great alternative to coffee. Or you can combine it with coffee, so you can drink less of it, right? And it it works almost on an opposite level of coffee. So it it has these compounds in it called cordycepin and adenosine. And our body can't tell the difference between adenosine and cordycepin. Same receptors take it up works the same way in our body. Um, and basically it's a precursor to ATP, adenosine triphosphate, um, kind of the, the, the food for our mitochondria, the, the powerhouse of the cell going back to eighth grade biology. Um, but this is really supporting energy on the cellular level, right? And, um, coffee actually suffocates your brain and, uh, depletes your ATP and blocks those receptors in your brain and um, actually puts your body in fight or flight mode. And so your body is like, I'm dying and I have to release these hormones to like survive and get energetic to get out of this stressful situation. But it's just very acute, right? So that's why you have this like long lasting energy. It's not like five minutes and then you crash you'll maybe get, I don't know, five hours out of coffee and then you crash or something like that, depending right. on the person. But you still crash, right? Because your body's exhausted. 
And so long-term, coffee can be depleting for the body. I love coffee. I drink it every day or <laughs> not every day. I probably drink it a few times a week, but I still love coffee. The taste is awesome. Yeah. It's a beautiful plant. Like it's awesome. It's a great plant. Even like wild coffee, just like sucking the the berry around it. I mean, it's beautiful. I mean, it's an awesome plant. Yeah. Um, not trying to demonize it, but it like anything, it's too much is not Everything the best. In moderation. <laughs> exactly. And so and so cordyceps. <laughs> Are, and and these other adaptogens can be a great ally in in you know in addition to drinking coffee and these other things to to support natural energy and then there's other there's like two other really star players of mushrooms that stand out and are really getting popular. The first is lion's mane, or the second is lion's mane, which is like the brain mushroom yeah. um, supporting cognitive function and. Uh, normal memory recall, things like that. I mean, it's awesome. And it looks like a lion's mane or like a bunch of white tendrils, uh, icicles. It's, it, and it's delicious as well. And you can actually uh, slice it in, in strips and do an egg wash and it tastes like breaded fish. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's so yum. <laughs> it's so good. And um, it feels really cool. It looks really cool, and it's one of the it's one of the most popular functional mushrooms out there right now. And then the other one is reishi, um, Ganoderma lucidum, and this mushroom is the number one herb in traditional Chinese herbalism. Mm -hmm. And so they voted that out of any herb that you can have, this is the one, right? Um, to support as many functions in the body. Take reishi, also called the ten thousand year mushroom, mushroom of immortality. It can, it can be many different colors, most most notably red, but it can be like a yellow, a white, a black. It, it can be all these different colors, purple, uh, and grow in all these different shapes as well. So people grow it in these bonsai looking shapes and these antlers, and people make like really cool sculptures out of them, and they dry. Um, to that sculpture, and then you like we have them all around our house just as decorative pieces. Like we grew reishi <laughs> oh, in these cool shapes, and we just drew, we just threw them in the oven to kill them, basically, and they stay frozen. They won't go anywhere, and they're they stay like that. I mean, imagine having a plant, and you're like, okay, this is the perfect. Um, uh, like I'd never want to water you again, and like you're the perfect uh, growth. I'm just going to throw you in the oven and just preserve you. Like that's basically what we're doing with reishi and it's the coolest thing. You don't have to do anything. And they look awesome. But reishi, most notably known for supporting a sense of calm or our body's natural ability to transition to a good night's rest. Um, and so those three are like the most famous, but there's chaga, which is an, another amazing fungi, shiitake, maitake, Turkey tail, Poria cocos, Tremella, Mishima, and a million others. I mean, we're if you go to China, I mean, you'll you'll hear probably like thousands of other fungi that they're working with here in North America. That's like the maybe maybe we have like three more that a couple companies are 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 um, messing around with, or you know, maybe a couple others. Yep. But that's really like the ten that a lot of a lot of people are talking about. Um, with the three cordyceps, reishi, and lion's mane that like are the main celebrities of those. Chaga is pretty famous in some communities. I think David Avocado Wolf made it pretty popular. Um, you know, but 
but yeah, those, those three are, are really, really hot. Yeah, amazing. That's super helpful information for anyone who knows nothing about the supportive properties of mushrooms that you can ingest as supplements. I've been taking lion's mane, chaga, turkey's tail, and reishi every day for like a year now. And I notice a huge difference in just my overall like energy levels, stress levels, like mental clarity, health, especially just all things health wise. I feel yeah. incredible. And I always add them into my coffee or just take the supplements quickly in the morning. It just feels good knowing that there's always mushrooms in my system. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, they'll, they'll start to influence the way you live life. And, you know, on the other spectrum of psilocybin mushrooms or the magic mushrooms that those those dirty hippies take, you know? Um, <laughs> well, now it's, it's becoming really commonplace, especially in North America. I can't speak for all countries around the world, but here in, you know, United States, we're starting, a lot of city, cities are decriminalizing left and right. Um, and then Canada is giving so much access to all these companies doing research. Canada is really doing an awesome job. I, I feel like they're going to do the same thing with cannabis and just one day we'll wake up I'll read the news and it's like 100% legalized. Canada's doing <laughs> it up. And um, yeah, we're, I mean, uh, I'm working with a, a um, one company in particular in Canada, but but a few, and they're just, they're they're already light years ahead. But, but we're, you know, here in the United States, we're making a lot of progress with decriminalizing. But, you know, a big thing that really popped off in Silicon Valley, became really popular in Silicon Valley is microdosing of mm -hmm. taking like 0.1 to 0.4 grams of psilocybin or people will take other things, but in this case, psilocybin mushrooms every day or a few times a week, a couple times a week, maybe one time a week, depending on the person um, to really just increase their productivity, their creativity. Mm -hmm, um, and it's beyond that. It's beyond like work, right? So people will take it on the weekends as well. Like I, I think it became famous because people are like working on their app and they needed to get a little more creative and think outside the box. But yeah. other people will take it just on the, on a walk in the woods or I know a lot of parents will take it because it makes them such a better parent. Like when they had really young kids, because yeah. they're like way more empathetic. They're way more, they have negative. so much more gratitude. Yeah. Oh yeah. The negativity, no way. Throw it out the window, bad yeah. vibes, no way. Yeah. And um, also all the kids, I mean, you just get this childlike nature. You start playing yeah. with the kids and everything's so much fun and you take life so much less seriously, just like a kid. It's like Buddha. I mean, everything's better with that childlike nature, um, childlike mind. Um, the world is so much more magical. And I feel like psilocybin, for me, I mean, there's some uncomfortable things that'll show you, right? Not yeah. not all in... in uh, at times with still some mushrooms are like fun in games with, you know, um, childlike nature, like some of that is pretty dark and it's what you need to deal with in that moment. And it's like 10 years of therapy in one night. I mean, it's awesome. Yeah. For, just for anyone, just to clarify, for anyone who's super new to the mushroom world, psilocybin would be what you'd call like mag magic mushrooms, just so everyone knows. <laughs> and while we're on that note, I don't, condone 
anyone breaking the law. So <laughs> laws are different everywhere in the world. So definitely check with your local laws and federal laws, whatever. Um, and me and Mushroom Revival do not condone you breaking the law. And um, so, uh, yeah. Um, and also, you know, check with your doctor, things like that. But, you know, that that is my disclaimer. But um, I personally love them and and so many people do. Uh, and there are places like J- Jamaica, you know, a lot of people who don't want to deal with the anxiety of of, you know, the DEA knocking down your door will... You know, some people have the the funds to to go to like a place like Jamaica or um, like Amsterdam or you know, yeah. um, like Brazil is totally legal, um, or some other places and and where they can ingest salsa or like some places in Mexico, uh, it's kind of a wishy washy thing where they kind of look the other way, but it's not technically legal. Yeah, um, yeah you can you can. Um, Wait, what is Bali? I feel like Bali is, right? Bali is super, super, super illegal for psilocybin, even though... Or they look the other way. Um, No, super illegal if you <laughs> get caught. Oh, never mind. You get like the death penalty and it's mostly because... Oh. Zero knowledge around it. But the funny part is, is that because there's so many cows all over, there's literally psilocybin growing out of cow poop on like every corner. <laughs> And it's really hilarious that it's so illegal, but everyone's taking them. They just don't know. (laughs) Got it. Got it. Got it. Interesting. Um, I do have a question for you that a lot of my audience seems to always ask me on Instagram and through my podcast. And for anyone who's living in a a place where it is legal or they're not (laughs) stepping on any boundaries or laws, how do you think the best way to source psilocybin is if you're in a place where it's legalized like where is the because a lot of people like want to experiment with psilocybin and they're always asking me like where do you get them and I'm like um (laughs) I don't really know how to direct you there's not like a directory for that um oh yeah yeah uh Scott is great um he can hook you up no I'm just kidding um (laughs) (laughs) uh it's great because you know and it's funny, we, we were just interviewing Dennis McKenna, who's uh, Terrence McKenna's brother. If anyone doesn't know, you know, um, Terrence is pretty famous in the psych, um, and Dennis as well. They both co-authored um, the psilocybin cultivation guide in the U.S. And like, I feel like it was 1976. Um, so really long time ago. And they were the first like official guide for growing magic mushrooms. Um, and we were just chatting about, you know, how psilocybin is one of the the only entheogens or you know psychoactive plant or fungi that are really accessible as is. So like ayahuasca, you have to. There's two ingredients. They're really rare. You have to combine them. You got to, you know, beat them with a hammer. You got to make this <laughs> cauldron. All this stuff, and it, it's a really long process. With chuma or like, you know. Um, peyote or um, San Pedro, whatever, you got to, I mean, they take a long time to grow. San Pedro is really fast, but like, you know, there's still a cacti and then you got to take the spines off. You got to make a tea, whatever. Um, It's a long, it's a whole thing. It's a thing. Mushrooms, you just pick and plop. (laughs) (laughs) Like if you find it, you pick it, you plop it. (laughs) Like some people like to make a tea. Some people, like I've seen people trying to extract it and make these like crystals and stuff, but you don't need to. You could just pick it and pop it in your mouth. Um, 
And so they're accessible from that point of view and they're wild as well. So like there, it's not like LSD, it, it's derived from a natural, like ergot, it's, it's derived from a natural place or like DMT is from a natural thing, but you don't have to synthesize it in a lab or like MDMA, right? Um, so it's natural. You can find it in the wild, but it's also incredibly easy to grow. So, you know, as a mushroom, I've, my background is in commercial mushroom growing and I obviously know how to cultivate all types of mushrooms and, you know, psilocybin mushrooms are honestly one of, if not the easiest mushrooms to grow. Um, there you go, kids. Which you makes it, it like, first. no, and, and, <laughs> and, 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 and this, you should only do it in, in, um, a, a place where it is legal, right? Like I was doing it in Jamaica where it was legal. Um, but you know, um, it, it, they are really easy to grow and, and this is what, and cheap, incredibly cheap. And so this is what's exciting about, you know, the psychedelic revolution or, you know, um, the alternative to, uh, psychiatry or, you know, healthcare Mm -hmm. of people having access, no matter their financial situation, um, their, their like socioeconomic status, or, you know, no matter like what race you are, what gender, whatever, they don't. It doesn't matter. They're super accessible. Maybe not now, um, but they're getting there and they will be, right? So yeah, they're going to be a lot of green rush with very expensive... Right now, there's expensive retreats like in Jamaica I was talking about or whatever. You have to pay thousands of dollars. You got to buy the plane ticket, whatever. So right right now, it's not very accessible to all people, but it has the potential to be, right? It's so cheap. To grow, it grows all over the world. Civilizations all around the world have had a sacred relationship with mushrooms for over twenty thousand years, right? And yeah. we see evidence of that in every, almost all cultures, from you know Egypt to you know Siberia to Mexico to Guatemala to wherever have this sacred relationship with with mushrooms and and psilocybin. Yeah. So that's what makes it really exciting. Um, and it, you know, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to give advice on how to buy drugs to people, but like, but I, I think it's, <laughs> you know, it, it is, um, it is really accessible. And, and I think that's why it's so incredible. And it's not, you, you can't get addicted to it, which is yeah. another thing that's awesome. You can't or OD it on it. Yeah. You cannot overdose on it. Like you will have to probably eat like a thousand tons of it, which is, not logical whatsoever. Like that, even that, so, it doesn't like make any sense. Like- <laughs> yeah, you could probably eat like point oh 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 one percent of the the amount um, that you would have to OD on, and like your jaw would break off, and like you would throw up. Like you would probably just like pass out by the time you get that much. Near, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna overdose. It's so it's an unbelievably safe. Like uh, you know, I, I would check if you have an underlying mental health disorder, like you know, bipolar or something like schizophrenia or something like that. Check with your doctor. So it's not for everyone, but for most people, yeah. Um it it's incredibly safe. It's it's incredibly effective. Um it's semi-short. It's only like five hours. Yeah. Um, 
So that's what it's not days. Uh, so it's it's great. Um, so I'm I'm really excited for it to to become commonplace enough that we can be responsible adults and and utilize it and utilize and have a sacred relationship to them. It, it's just yeah. a mushroom, right? It's just a it's nature, um, and yeah. and it should be a, a human right to form a relationship with it. And it's funny you you talked about Joe Rogan. I just listened to um, to uh, uh, Hamilton Morris. Um, who does the, the, the um, pharmacopoeia and, and he, he was talking about how, um, you know, he, he gave this really beautiful description of how um, they don't have to have these benefits for us to make them legal and that we're, we're getting into this trap by trying to prove to other people, you know, um, Oh, they're, they have all these therapeutic properties, psilocybin, and they, you know, blah, blah, blah. And therefore it should be legal and look at these human clinical trials and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, we don't do that for music. And he, mm-hmm. he, he said it way more eloquently than I, than I can put it, yeah. you know, but, and it was beautiful. And he's like, yeah, we can do all these human clinical trials and uh, music therapy is so great for curing depression and blah, blah, blah. But like, can I just listen to music just cause, you know, and like, does it need to be good? Yeah. No. I mean, we can listen to music. It could be death metal and it could be detrimental for my health, but I still have the right to listen to death metal. Or like if I want right. to. Right. Um, and people should listen to opera and jazz if they want a therapeutic or whatever, um, right. or binary beats if they want to. Yeah. That's um, such a good analogy. And so the same thing with psilocybin, it's like, I mean, you don't even have to ingest it to have a relationship with it. I mean, some of my, it's funny, some of my most craziest trips have been right before I ingested mushrooms. Um, Mm. And so I've, I've had this gift ever since I was young of being able to, and for some people, this might sound crazy. And I totally in the same boat as you of being able to talk to plants and like talk to mushrooms and, and like literally have full, full conversation and animals and things like that. Um, and it's like a sixth sense. It's a gut feeling. It's, it's like, you know, it, this, this, I feel like a relationship with that a lot of people lost, um, of being able to communicate with, with the world around you. And so I was in communication with these mushrooms pre-ceremony and, uh, it's like, okay, these are the things I want to work on. These are my intentions, things like that. And the mushrooms came back and they're like, okay, these are three things you want to work on. Here's the answer for number one. Here's the answer <laughs> for number two. Here's an answer for number three. And I was just sitting there like, oh, okay. They're like, anything else we can help you with? <laughs> yeah, and they're like, anything else? And I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to eat you now so we can, uh, I guess, continue this conversation. Eat them. <laughs> Like waiting, you know, a, a lot of people call them like the fireworks. So like, um, you know, uh, the visuals, the, the, whatever, all these things, nothing was like quote unquote sober for like getting over an hour at this point. And I was like, okay, I should be feeling this at this point, wait a bit longer. I was like, okay, this is like two hours now. I'm not feeling anything. Check back in with the mushrooms. I'm like, hey, so Ooh, where are you at? <laughs> where are you at? And they're like, oh, we're just chilling. Like I thought we were done. We already, <laughs> we already checked off your three things. Like, 
do you you want to like what do you else do you want to talk about and i was like what do you mean and they're like oh yeah like you can talk to us whenever like eating is just <laughs> a more dur- eating is just a landline but you have good enough cell reception that you can call us anytime um <laughs> and so this is true for, for you know um uh, people should be able to just sit with psilocybin mushrooms. They should be able to grow it. They should be able to, whatever. It shouldn't be yeah. illegal and whatever you want to do with it. I mean, we're, we're human, we're, an, we're animals on this yeah, planet, yeah, right? Yeah, we should yeah, have the yeah. right as, as organisms to interact with other organisms, no matter how we choose to interact with these organisms. So um, yeah. that was a long banter to, to just say that I love mushrooms and um, yeah. I think everyone should form a relationship. <laughs> yeah. Well, going back to what you were saying about just how incredibly like accessible psilocybin is and how like easy it is to have access to them compared to like ayahuasca or San Pedro or um, peyote or whatever. And I, and I love that because to me, in terms of psychedelic drugs, in quotations, um, it really is like the least intimidating, I would say. Like if you're wanting to step into that world compared to ayahuasca or peyote or DMT even. Um, and yeah, it can be as gentle or as severe, as severe, if you will, um, as you'd like, depending on if you want to even just start with microdosing or move into macrodosing. Um, but going back to what you were just saying is that you don't even really need to fully ingest them or have some grandiose sacred experience with them for you to um, be a part of their knowledge and the wisdom that they have to share. And that's something that I've learned so beautifully through taking mushrooms in like a more sacred ceremonial space is that um, like the last few ceremonies I've done with mushrooms, we've had like a shaman and we've had a Reiki healer and we've had amazing music and the whole shebang, you know, and you have this incredible experience, but most of it isn't just because of the mushrooms. It's because of the whole like connection to them and being intentional with them and, and choosing to be present and, and conscious with the mushrooms. And that is when you gain the most wisdom from them. You could take uh, 0.5 grams of a mushroom, or you could take five grams of a mushroom. And I think depending on your intention and what you're wanting, you'll have the exact same experience. So you don't actually even need to have five grams of mushrooms to have the same experience as you would with microdosing, you know? Oh my God. Yeah. And this is full circle, right? to like the first sentence that, or the first question you asked of, of, of asking about like the practice and the mindset, right? Yeah. Of exactly. so many people get stuck in this, this like spiritual ego trip of how many grams did you take or like yeah, what yeah, yeah. or whatever. And it's like, that's, you're missing the point, right? Yeah. And they think like, oh, a bigger gram amount is like, we're comparing dick sizes or something. It's like, <laughs> oh my God, like it, you're missing the point of like, yeah. of, um, yeah, you could have a microdose and have the same uh, experience yeah. as like a, a 50 gram trip. And and I've seen so many people in the space have trip after trip after trip and like one after another and huge trip and never integrate. Yeah, yeah. Or like, and, and the same of like even pre of set and setting, having the right intentions and the right set and setting. Right. And they never integrate their experiences and are looking for the the fireworks of like, oh, I saw these crazy visuals and yeah, I, yeah, I went yeah. to this festival and blah, blah, blah. 
And like, they're never a better person because of it. And it's so wild. I'm like, whoa, you take so much and you're still a (laughs) douchebag. Like whatever. And um, it's crazy um, to, and yeah, or you can have, you know, a a 0.2 gram thing and, and have a life-changing experience yeah. uh, or you don't even have to ingest it, right? I mean, it, even just interacting with it, you can have a life-changing experience with mushrooms. And that's what's the coolest part of it um, is it, it's, it, you can meet mushrooms where you're at and they'll yeah. meet you where you're at. Yeah, um, and that's how intelligent they are. That's what people forget is like just how intelligent they are. And I had a pretty humbling experience a few months ago with mushrooms because I, I was reading into, you know, like the hero's dose and like wanting to take five grams of mushrooms and do like the completely introspective darkness thing. And um, I was going, I had a mushroom ceremony planned with a shaman and all this stuff. And I went up to the shaman at the beginning of the ceremony. And I was like, I know you have your own thing planned, but I would personally like to take five grams today. So like, I'm going to do that. And he was like, let me just stop you for a second. He was like, I know you want to take five grams, but please just take the one gram that I'm going to give you guys and allow yourself to sit in the ceremony and in the music and in circle as, as one and wait 45 minutes. And if you still want to take the five grams, I'll let you. And I was like rolling my eyes. I was like, mate, like, I know what I'm doing. Like I can handle five grams. (laughs) And then I ended up only taking like 0.75 or something, not even one gram. And I put the blindfold on, laid down, started entering my, entering the ceremony and the experience. And within 45 minutes, it felt like I had had the largest mushroom dose of my entire life. Yeah. It was just so incredible. And then the entire experience, I had the most insane, almost comparative to my ayahuasca journey um, on just a one gram of mushrooms because I kind of went into that like space, you know, of just wanting, I already told the mushrooms, I communicated with them. Like I want to have a five gram, you know, hero's dose experience. And all I needed was one gram and I was brought into that space. And it was just such a powerful reminder of like, it's not about how much you take of the mushrooms or how much you ingest. It's about your intention and the set and setting and just being in that space and allowing yourself to receive that information. And on a chemical level, it's it's funny that you brought up the ayahuasca similarities because DMT is so closely related to psilocin. So psilocybin the reason why we've been calling it psilocybin mushrooms is that they contain this compound called psilocybin and that gets broken down into psilocin in the body. And so psilocin is the main molecule that does all the quote unquote magic, right? That's what's going on. Um, And our receptors for psilocin, I mean, it's only one doohingy away from serotonin, right? Like it fits a lock and key it with our, you know, in our system, um, you know, with our five HT2A receptors, right? And same with DMT. It's just one doohingy away from psilocin. It's yeah. so close. I mean, you could even think, you can even, it, it wouldn't surprise me if we found out that psilocin degrades in the body to DMT. Uh, mm-hmm. If someone told me that, and some, it was some, I read, an article tomorrow morning as I was waking up in bed and I was, that was front of the news. Some, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah. 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 And, and what's crazier is 
you know, a lot of people also get in the trip of like mushrooms are here for us mm-hmm. or psilocybin are here for us to like, you know, um, create the grand awakening or whatever. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I don't mean to like, I don't know if you okay. monetize your podcast and we're going to get demonetized or whatever, but, um, <laughs> but it's true. I mean, psilocybin what evolved millions, hundreds of million years before humans ever even got here. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was a compound first derived to ward off insects. I mean, it was all for insects. Um, so long story short, mushrooms have been on, or fungi have been on the planet for over a billion years, right? So that was the oldest fossil that we found. And over time, fungi, you know, um, became on land about 820 million years ago. And they formed these relationships about 500 million years ago to create like early plant life, um, like around 420 million years ago, um, like early plants started started uh, uh, erecting themselves and, and creating this first symbiotic relationship on, on planet earth. And um, around that time, arthropods were, were starting to come on, on planet Earth. So like ants and insects and things like that. Mm-hmm. And they started burrowing into the ground. So over those hundreds of millions of years, f- fungi helped turn this rocky, barren Earth into soil and, and um, something that can support plant life, right? And, and made these symbiotic relationships to create plants and most of plants are just fungi, right? They're just puppets with fungi controlling them, right? It, it's really right. shocking. And so these, these insects are burrowing underground. They're making their little ant dens, things like that. And they start nibbling on the plant roots. Uh, and as a defense mechanism, these fungi start excreting all these different compounds like amphetamines um, and, and one being psilocybin. And so we have evidence, you know, way long before early, you know, Neanderthals came on the planet that psilocybin was being produced to control insects, almost like the cordyceps. Like they um, are, because insects are also burrowing into fallen logs, you know, like termites. And one thing that psilocybin does to these termites is they, it makes the termites not hungry anymore. And so fungi is like, I'm going to, you're going to eat me. You're going to lose your appetite. And then I get, I get the buffet all to myself. (laughs) And it has nothing to do with making the termite trip. It has nothing to do with like this great awakening or, you know, right. ceremonies or whatever. It's literally for like termites. <laughs> Hundreds of million years Fun later, <laughs> yeah, Neanderthals come along and, and then we get the stone ape theory by Terence McKenna where, you know, these Neanderthals are coming along and we're hunters and gatherers. We're following animals and we're tracking these animals and animals drop dung. What comes out of dung, some mushrooms that contain psilocybin that are trying to probably you know, um, control like dung beetles, probably yeah. for all we know, but like, that's probably what they're doing. Right. And, you know, we are like, okay, I'm hungry as fuck. I'm, I'm tracking this animal for days. I'm going to eat these mushrooms. Cause I saw these animals, these insects eating them and they turned out fine. They're maybe a little lethargic, but they're fine. 
Um, <laughs> and maybe they saw them like lose their appetite and they're like, shit, I need that because I'm hungry and I'm tracking this right. animal and I want an appetite suppressant. Maybe that was the only reason that we ate psilocybin mushrooms. Yeah. And so we eat them and we have this crazy trip and this was probably before we developed language. And we and imagine before you even develop language, have this ego shattering experience, yeah. oneness with the universe. So you have to develop language to communicate with your fellow tribe of what the hell was that? Develop <laughs> religion, develop it. all these things. <laughs> yeah. Let's sit down. Let's have a powwow and talk about this shit. Let's have a book club and let's discuss. And yeah. And, and so over hundreds of millions of years of, of uh, neurogenesis and, and uh, brain evolution, we get you know, larger prefrontal co cortexes and, and uh, a larger brain and develop as humans. And we developed our anatomy to fit with psilocybin. So we evolved to fit with psilocybin. And there's a, as a, and we can track it, you know, from our migration from Ethiopia to northern northern regions. Um, I almost think that we use psilocybin as like a happy drug uh, because, you know, less sunlight in the northern regions is cold as hell. I don't know what those early humans were thinking, like why the hell they would be like, yeah, this is fine in Iceland or whatever, like this is fine. What the <laughs> hell? Yeah, this is fine. Let's settle right here in an iceberg. <laughs> this is I want to stay here for the rest of my life. I want to have a kid. I don't know. Not my style. I love the sunshine. I but you know, hey, um so I think, you know, we were using psilocybin as as a, a happy drug and and they I I feel like our early humanoids were like, okay, this is 10 years of therapy in one night. Um, I'm getting sads for the first time because <laughs> of lack of sunlight and I need some mushrooms. But but that's really how it started. And we evolved for them. They didn't evolve for us. And so a lot of people get in that trip of being um like anthropocentric and you know thinking the world revolves around humans but it really doesn't we're a speck in the timeline of yeah. biological life and just the timeline of the existence of the universe right we're just a tiny 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 speck of of the timeline and you know mushrooms have been here for way 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 longer and they developed psilocybin way before humans it has nothing to do with us um, and so I would love people to play with that, exp that like mental experiment yeah. and it, it is really humbling. It's like, okay, cool. Um, you, you're here, you're an elder, you've been on this planet for a while. You can do some crazy shit. You can eat plastic and, um, <laughs> survive in space. You can do some really nuts things and, you know, you're the largest organism on the planet. You're, I mean, crazy stuff. And we're just humbled to be in your presence and and to to form a relationship. Um, and you have a, you're a teacher, right? Um, Amen. And you're not <laughs> here to serve me. Uh, I, and and how can I serve you, right? How how can I make your ecosystems better? Um, how can I protect your biodiversity? How I can study you more so more people can geek out about y'all yeah. and like have a yeah, yeah. deeper appreciation for the natural world. Um, and not cut down rainforest and, and we can just be better 
allies, better organisms really, because it, and it's not even just a relationship with fungi, it's a relationship with all life and being in symbiosis, right? So um, yeah, let's all be in symbiosis. That was a beautiful rampage of mushrooms. And I loved the chronological, <laughs> I loved the chronological timeline of psilocybin and where that came from. That was amazing. Um, well, I think we should start wrapping it up. But before we do that- Oh I'm- my God, was that a dog behind you? Was that a golden? Do you have a golden retriever? Yeah, let's talk about it. Oh my, oh my God. Hell yeah. That is the cutest dog ever. Oh my God. What's what's your dog's name? I'm glad you think so. Nala. <laughs> Nala? Yeah, Nala. Beautiful name too. Oh my God. Yeah. We're actually getting us dog this summer and I'm I'm really excited. That's amazing. Um, we can yeah. I can send you some more photos of her later. Oh please. Oh my God. Yeah. And video everything. <laughs> Please. Yeah. I will never deny dog videos or pictures. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Literally look at them all day long. Um, And dogs are another thing. I mean, I'm a dog person. I'm not a cat person, but dogs are just like unconditional love. And I feel like they're such a great other alternative to mushrooms. I mean, they're just 100%. They teach us how to the two. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Oh, talk about a great trip companion. I feel like I can have unlimited amount of psilocybin mushrooms and have the worst trip ever, like just terrible. And then a golden retriever walking in, but it's fine. It's yeah. all good. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I actually just have to share this because a few weeks ago I did, I took like three grams of mushrooms by myself in my room, just like shut the door, created a whole experience. And Nala was in the room with me. And for a while I was doing my own thing, having an introspective situation. And then I took my blindfold off and I brought Nala up on the bed with me. And I was just like the happiest I've ever been. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I just was looking into her eyes and I was like, as if I just live with you, like you're just my roommate. Like I just have this dog as a roommate and she just loves me so much and she's so cute. Unconditional, unconditional, especially golden retrievers. I, yeah, that was our family dog. She, she unfortunately just passed away. Um, lived an amazing life, like, probably the like, honestly, the perfect life ever. Just a queen, just living <laughs> it up. Oh my god. And to be a dog, I would I love to be a dog in my next life, like, Same. A, 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 a one that's treated dog. well. I mean, some yeah. people don't treat dogs really well. And I was just like, I don't know what's wrong with you, but um, <laughs> like, I would love to reincarnate as a golden retriever uh, in a loving family. I would just, Same. <laughs> Buddha. I mean, that's Buddha, really. It's, yeah. it's, it's incredible. Um, I think mushrooms and Nala have taught me more lessons than any human or book or podcast could ever teach me. So, shout out to the two of them that was the that is the entire takeaway guys is uh more dogs and more mushrooms yeah more mushrooms (laughs) yep all right that's a wrap Uh, thanks Nala for that (laughs) Um, but yeah this has been incredible Alex you are a wealth of knowledge in the mushroom world and I'm really excited to share this episode with people and and hopefully they've taken a lot away in the full spectrum of mushrooms and all that they can offer us Um, for anyone who's like brand new to this subject is just now hearing about mushrooms for the first time from this episode, what do you think are one, like top three functional mushrooms to take as a supplement that you would suggest? And then two, 
second part of the question, what is like maybe two of your favorite resources for people to go to in terms of learning more about mushrooms on their own? Well, I think the top three players, as I was talking about before, cordyceps, amazing for supporting energy, lion's mane for supporting cognitive function, excuse me, and reishi for supporting a sense of calm. Um, And they're all supported for your immune system, and they're all adaptogens, so uh, supporting your body's natural ability to deal with occasional stress. Uh, So those are the three star players that... You can take individually, you can take together, um, you know, you could take cordyceps in the morning, lion's mane throughout the day, and then reishi at night and just complete your day. I mean, those are great tools to put in your tool belt. Uh, and so those three, I, I'd say, are the star star player. What was the second part of the question? Um, yeah, well, f- well, to your first part. Oh, resources. Yeah, but firstly, uh, question, if you think there's a difference between taking capsules, like a dried powder of the mushrooms, or like a liquid extraction, do you think one is better than the other for people to know about? I wouldn't say better. So it's all about what works in your daily routine. And so, you know, we currently only do tinctures right now, um, but we're launching four new product lines, like pretty soon in in the next few months or so. And so we're super excited about those. And it's all about meeting people where they're at and meeting yourself where you're at. If you already take capsules in the morning and that's a routine that you have, Mm -hmm. take take another mushroom capsule, right? Um, Just make sure it's actual mushrooms. It has great, you know, uh, um, certifications, it's organic. It's, you know... um, All the things. (laughs) All the things, yeah. It's it's extracted well, uh, all this stuff. Um, if, you know, you like to taste, um, the mushrooms, you want to, you, 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 um, the, the benefit of a tincture is it's a liquid extract. And so this is, became really popular with CBD of being really bioavailable. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so you can, you can actually, uh, absorb a lot of the functional compounds sublingually. So underneath the tongue and enter your bloodstream in a fraction of the time. So you actually feel a lot of the benefits a lot faster. Mm -hmm. And also um, with the shell of the capsule, you, you know, your body has to digest that, right? And so by the time you absorb it, you're probably only getting like probably 50% of it. Whereas the tincture, you're getting probably 95% of that whole absorption. so really, I mean, if, if a capsule works for you and you know how it works, you're, you already take capsules, take that, go for it. Um, if tincture, if you already take tinctures or you just want to taste it, you want to uh, have a better experience of it, you want to feel it faster, um, you hate swallowing things, right? Um, you don't need like a glass of water. Like I can take a tincture whenever. I don't, I could just drop it straight up, right? Whereas like, capsules if you're on a if you're traveling or whatever and you're like oh i need something to drink to take this um so pros and cons for both right yeah Um, some people don't like the taste of alcohol and so a tincture isn't for them so right yeah (laughs) great perfect that's super helpful and then the second part was the resources just anything you think i mean aside from your instagram and your podcast that's an incredible resource which i will link below um, but yeah, what, what do you think are, are pioneers in the mushroom world that you really aspire to be like or to learn from? 
Yeah, this is a great question. So we we do have um, a mushroom podcast called the Mushroom Revival Podcast. And we're, at the time of recording, this is May 10th, 2021. So we are almost 100 episodes in. So we have interviewed so many amazing people all around the world. Um, So it's not just us chatting about mushrooms. We interview all these amazing influential people in the mushroom space. So you get a wide plethora of different perspectives. And we have a bunch of blogs on our site at mushroomrevival.com. But one person that I am just blown away with in the mushroom space is Merlin Sheldrick that I brought up in the beginning. He is remarkable. And um, his dad, uh, Rupert Sheldrick, uh, became really famous as a as a an author and a, um, a psychiatrist, um, and or someone who studies psychology. I don't know if that would be a psychologist psychiatrist, but um, Merlin is one of the most humble people I've ever met in my life, and he is so invested into the mycological world. He has such a unique perspective zero and i mean zero ego just mm-hmm. i mean not zero but like and yeah. it just and that is so beautiful to see as an educator and someone who is deeply passionate about the subject is mm-hmm. you know i'm i'm i have a dietary supplement some company i'm selling something right he's not right. um and and that's Sweet. like a Your you joy. know <laughs> Uh, for him, it's just pure. And for me, it's also pure passion, but you know, I, I would take a, take a grain of salt for anyone trying to sell you something, including myself, right. And like take what I'm saying for a grain of salt because I'm selling you something and that is a disservice for myself. But like for him, it is just pure passion, pure love, no ego, all for the mushrooms. Mm -hmm. Um, and then another person like that is Juliana Furchi and she's in Chile and she's making the the fungi foundation and she, and she was one of the um uh creators of of fungi foundation and one of the 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 first people in her okay she's one of the only women mycologists in chile and uh the the first person to put fungi on the red list for endangered species in the world and make it actually pass legislature to protect endangered species and it's just i consider the mom of the the mushroom space and it's just such a she's been called oh what's that um what's that beautiful woman called that works with monkeys and apes um Mm, i'm not gonna be able to help you out with that one hold on hold on hold on She's been called the Jane Goodall of mushrooms and okay, is also just like zero ego is all in it for passion and, and bringing community together. And so Merlin Sheldrick, he has a great book. He just released Entangled Life. He's an incredible writer, like beautiful writer and puts these, you're like in a hyphal tip, like you're in mycelium growing in the soil. And the perspective that he writes, and he's a poet, he's just one of the most beautiful, articulate writers and speakers that I've ever come across. Um, And then Juliana Furchie is the other one with Fungi Foundation, two really great resources for 
for um, getting inspired about mushrooms and and uh, you know um, raising your your culture and awareness about how cool the fungi community and 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 uh, kingdom or queendom is. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing those. I'm gonna put those in the show notes below and have people dive in because that sounds incredible. Um, anything else that you want to share that you feel is important for the mushroom message before I ask you the final question? Um, can I give a discount code? To yes. Your community? Yes. 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 Cool. What do you want it to be? Um, let's call it just infinite creators. <laughs> cool. Infinite creators. Infinite creators. You can get uh, 10% off your first order. All uppercase, infinite creators, plural. Uh, if you want to try some functional mushroom products, we ship all over the world, uh, including Bali. So I'll get you a, a, a gift package. I'll send it over to you. Amazing. It'll probably take a while, but it'll come. <laughs> but anyone who's interested... Um, you know, check out all our blogs and our podcasts. It's, they're all on our website as well as all streaming platforms as well. But, you know, if you want to support your health, whether it's energy or focus or a sense of calm or your, your support your immune system, your occasional, you know, occasional stress, whatever it may be. Uh, yeah. Infinite creators, 10% off. It's, it's a great code. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll link all of Alex's things below in the show notes and definitely encourage you is the best place to follow along with what you're doing on Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. We, you can find us on all social media platforms, just mushroom revival. Um, we have a newsletter that we keep up to date with, uh, with a ton of cool stuff in the, in the mushroom space, what's going on, uh, new discoveries, new events, new podcasts, new interviews, recipes, whatever, you name it. Um, I have a personal Instagram, but I do not keep up with it whatsoever. I, okay. I, <laughs> I really, I have to force myself to post on there. Um, yeah. So, so probably the businesses mushroom revival is, is the best place. Yeah. You have tons of cool mushroom photos and facts and all the things on there. So definitely check that out and use the, the discount code. I'll have you send send or I'll get some mushrooms sent to my parents' house in America because I'm going to go there in a month. So maybe cool. that would be even better. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm almost out of all my, my supplements. So I'm excited to give yours a go. And we'll, we'll hook you up. Yeah, yeah. We'll give you the full spread and um, tell me what you think. Hope you like Perfect. them. Yeah. I'm excited to, to try them for my own experience and definitely hopefully my audience is gravitated towards your products as well and all the incredible things that you're doing in the mushroom world. Um, great. Thank you so much again, Alex, for this amazing information. The last question for you, which I, I had you prepare for is to share um, with everyone listening is what is your definition of love? <laughs> if you can articulate that is so, you asked me this question before we started recording and i was like oh man what am i gonna say but i think we've already answered it hmm. it is mushrooms and golden retrievers i think that is the answer <laughs> if you want to experience i don't think there's a better answer i think that's it yeah <laughs> amazing i'll accept that because really you just can't get much closer to love than that <laughs> There's exactly. anything to take away. <laughs> Mushrooms and golden retrievers. Done. And I, I want to thank everyone for tuning in. If you made it this far, you are amazing. You're off to the races. 
if, if if you're new to mushrooms, welcome to the family. Welcome. This is <laughs> such, you will not regret it. This is like the first day of the rest of your life and <laughs> such a wild portal portal to step into. Um, if you're already into the space, uh, welcome again. I, it, it, it never ends. And, yeah, and I'm so grateful for all the mushroom heads out there, um, young and old. And, you know, um, mushrooms are so incredible. And, and I'm really grateful for everyone tuning in. Tell all your friends, tell all your family members, yeah. tell yes. the person bagging you at the grocery store or your Uber driver or whatever, some fun fact that you learned about mushrooms and just yes. keep spreading this like fi wildfire. Let's, let's make Please. mushrooms viral. Let's make yes. mushrooms sexy. Um, <laughs> Cause yeah, they're, they're incredible. Yes. Echoing all of that sediment. If there's anything you took away from this podcast, share it with your friends, share it with your mom, grandma, aunts, uncles, cousins, brothers, sisters, all the people get a mushroom tattoo so that you can talk about it with everyone. Hell yes. yeah. Yes. Exactly. I put this mushroom tattoo here because I always sit like this and that way people always see it and they're like, what's that? I'm like, a mushroom. Have you ever tried one? <laughs> what? <laughs> you are now in the cult. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, we have to talk about mushrooms now. <laughs> Let's do it. Hell yeah, that's great. That's great. I, I actually... Um, it's my goal when I'm like 80 to get a be here now tattoo on the tip of my nose, like really, really small. <laughs> so people think it's like a speck of dirt or something and they get really close to be like, oh, you have something on your nose. And then they read it and they're like, wow. All right. That's epic. Yeah. I have be here now tattooed on my wrist as well. Oh, fuck. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, there you I go. Be here Full now circle. and the mushrooms. It's the perfect combo. <laughs> I I am that so similar, but um, yeah, it's it. I'm actually getting two new tattoos um, in like a month, and I'm really excited. One is a cordyceps, Ooh. and it's um, a mushroom going to be popping out of the head of a beetle. It's really crazy, and I'm really grateful for my tattoo artist to do it. Um, he's really excited for it. And then the other one is a lion, um, but. Yeah, tattoos are great. They're great reminders of these lessons that we pick up and also to like have conversations with other yeah. people and, and that yeah. spark of, of carrying yeah. that embers. But anyway, I mean, I feel like we can talk forever, yep. but let's wrap <laughs> it up. I'm, I'm so grateful for everyone tuning in um, yep. and much love to everyone out there. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. Mushrooms rule. <laughs>